Hello and welcome to This Week Back in the Day. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Nod Quinn's testimonial on the 14th of May, 2002. I'm David, your host, joined as always by Martin. Martin, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Dave. Looking forward to covering this one. Uh, you know, St. Nile is a hero for Irish football fans. And yeah, it's an interesting one to chat about. Um, and it probably sets the tone, spoiler alert, for what is going to kick off in the next few weeks after this. Yeah, just a tad. Uh, we're going to go through, um, obviously, it's it's just a one-off game. We're going to co- try and go through all the interesting nitty-gritty facts. Um, just to let you know, Martin, I do have the uh, programme here just next to me. You can you can hear that there. So we're going to have a little look through that. And why is the programme so important? Don't worry, Martin. We'll, get to, we'll yeah. get to that in just a second. Noel Quinn, who was playing for Sunderland at the time, decided to have a match against his country at his home stadium in the Stadium of Light. Now, testimonials are normally, for those of you younger fans, you know, who are only used to players who are on five million quid a week and that sort of stuff, a testimonial was basically for a 10-year service of a player to a club and sometimes a country, and they would pretty much get the gate receipts of their game but they would have to organize it but it was sort of like a golden handshake that kind of thing and it would just make sure that they weren't hard up after their playing days were over but of course this was modern football so players more likely didn't really need this kind of money not around this time anyway so quinn had decided that he was going to divide the financial proceeds of his testimony between the two hospitals the royal infirmary in sunderland and our ladies for sick children in Crumlin in his hometown of Dublin, which would actually lead to an honorary MBE for Quinn in the Houses of Parliament and um, probably a sainthood, Martin, in Dublin. Well, this is he was nicknamed Mother Teresa, wasn't he? By a certain, <laughs> By a certain name in Dunphy. But two days beforehand, and an ongoing theme of this World Cup, Mick is told that Roy is going to France for treatment and will not make the match. What a shock. Roy that's Keane, that's Roy Keane, that is. That's Roy Keane you're talking about, yeah? Yeah. Not just a random Roy. <laughs> oh, I think we all know who who, who uh, Roy is. There's only one Roy, thank God. Yes, uh, shock horror, Roy Keane missing an arm match. <laughs> he doesn't do friendlies, does he? Mick says in his book, if I release the news, Roy, and this is after the fact, by the way, if I release the news, Roy's absence will become a bigger story than the testimonial. Understatement of the year. Niall is still trying to sell tickets in his efforts to make a million pounds for charity, and I'm not going to do anything to jeopardise that. I'm not going to do anything that would jeopardise ticket sales or my relationship with Roy or Manchester United. Anyway, the United doctor said they'd appreciate it if I kept quiet on the nature of the injury. And, yeah, basically, uh, Martin, Roy missing another game, eh? For Ireland. Another friendly. Doesn't do friendlies, does he? <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, this is strange when it's obviously Ireland to qualify for the World Cup. We're all getting the preparation, end of the season. Um, and Roy is obviously in kind of recuperation mode at the moment, managing this injury yeah. that we believe is there. And yeah, it, it's it's obviously a, a time, it, it's brilliant insight now. Obviously, this is why we love doing mm-hmm. back in the day, because you can see like Reed McMick's kind of diary of the World Cup in a sense, wasn't it, afterwards and how he's kind of feeling and... and thinking at the time and obviously we got Roy's book as well to kind of analyze so yeah Roy's in preparation mode there's obviously a lot of politics things going on in the background as well but you know Mick, well, we'll Mick's being very coy here and very clever but um yeah yeah well, you know it was well, for a good cause it was wasn't it 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> it really was for a good cause. And yeah, there was Roy's absence again. Um, well, I've, as I said on the top of the podcast, I do have the match day program. Let's have a look at the match day program, shall we, Martin? There's tr- glowing tributes from everybody we've got. Milo Corcoran, we've got uh, Bob Murray, who's the chairman of Sunderland FC. We have Peter Reid, the manager of Sunderland, of course. We have a thank you from Niall. We have uh, lots of happy children who are all now going to be all okay. We've got Jack Charlton, Jack Charlton, even Charlie Hurley, Paul Marson, Kevin Phillips, Adrian Heath, whoever he is, Paul McGrath, all the legends here, Don Howe, Pat Rice. Keep going through the program here. Um, Mick Another. Mick really loves Niall. It's two columns <laughs> from uh, Mick here. we got Kevin Moore. Dennis Irwin, for me, the best player, Irish player to come from Cork. Um, he's in here. And yeah, I mean, it just goes on and on with tributes, glowing tributes. We have Robbie Keane, Damien Duff, all these people, Packy Bonner, Steve Staunton, George Graham, his manager at Arsenal, all with these wonderful tributes to Niall Quinn. And guess who isn't in it? Roy Keane. Now, do you want to tell us why your hero, um, Mr. Teller, as it is, uh, wasn't uh, was absent from the matchday program? Well, a lot of these tell the story. Yeah, a lot of these tributes, David, as you know, are collated by um, kind of journalists, friends of the kind of testimonial committee, in a sense, um, yeah. which I believe Cockle Durban, who's still at the FAO and I now, friend of the pod. Um, yeah, he, um, nice man. He, yeah, nice lovely man. Very, yeah. very helpful with us at the podcast and supporters clubs mm-hmm. and stuff. Well, basically, he, I think, was the kind of editor of preparer of the kind of contributions to the to the match program. And yes. he is the person who, in in his former role as a journalist, um, back in 1996, wrote an article encouraging the Lansdowne Road crowd to boo Roy Keane um, because he didn't care about Ireland. And obviously, the request would have been made from Narquin's people, as it were, or Cockle Durban, to kind of contribute mm. to the match programme, which is is a really interesting programme, actually. The tributes are fantastic, actually, from, from memory, and I know you've got it there. But, um, you know, he, he declined to do it, Roy King, because he, he was just making a stand against Cockle Durban's involvement in it, which is sad to see, in a sense, that he couldn't kind of be the bigger person and think, you know, it's Quinny's testimonial, we're going to raise Roy King be the bigger person? <laughs> Well, you've got Joke to raise money, isn't it? And, it, and that, that's why he's just probably proving a point. And, yeah, I mean, that's obviously the politics that go on in the background of well, Republic of Ireland football. Here, here, here it is, like, Cattle Durban. This is a quote from uh, Keane's book, the first one, As I See It. Cattle Durban was McCarthy's mate. The guy who urged the Lansdowne Road crowd to boo me because I didn't care about Ireland. I declined an answer request. Petty. Very petty. Uh, Alex Ferguson had an ongoing feud. Uh, with the BBC because I think there was an investigation into his sons, bungs, and that yeah. kind of stuff, wasn't there? Yeah, you refused. Yeah, yeah you refused to do any sort Not of cooperation. It wasn't bungs; it was of agents of things. Agents. Oh, so yeah. Agents. Um. Anyway. Um, <laughs> allegedly, Jesus. Allegedly, God. But he had this issue with the BBC. But who was it that was honoured? I think it was Ryan Giggs that was honoured for BBC Sports Personality of the Year. Or someone like that. I can't remember who it I'm was. I'm not sure. Was it Bobby Robson or was it uh, Bobby Robson or perhaps... It could have been... Sorry, it could Bobby have been a Bobby... I think it was uh, Bobby Charlton. I think it was Bobby because, Charlton. Yeah, Gary Lineker kind of made it up with Fergie, didn't they? They approached yes. and he... Yeah, and and he basically said, I'll do that for Bobby. Yeah. But I'm still, I'm still not going to cooperate with BBC. So 
that's an even more personal attack, in my opinion. You know, to go after your sons like that. Now, whether they're guilty or not, I, I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. But Alex Ferguson can do that. But yeah, Roy Keane can't do this. And it's for a good cause. I just think, personally, it's just very petty. Basically, it all came from in 96 because Roy just didn't bother showing up for mixed testimonial. He went missing um, for Ireland's tour of America, where Roy was going to be made captain for the first time of Ireland. Uh, of Ireland. Finally came back. He was suspended, stripped of the captaincy, and he finally came back in late 96 in a nil-nil draw. He played centre-half, and he got booed by, by some of the crowd. He was actually man of the match that day. But I think that's just petty, man. Come on. You can't defend that. Roy should have just done it. It's it's for children's charities, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, he should have just done it. But I think it just shows the simmering kind of undercurrent there with, between probably Mick, Cockle Durban especially as well, that you know he's not been forgiven by Roy. Um, and it's kind of the respect that Roy kind of has for his teammates in, in some ways because Niall and him should have been, you know, they've gone through it. They're professional footballers. They're both well-respected. They they should have really put everything aside. There should yeah. have been no conflict with with Niall Quinn, I don't believe. So he should have done it for Niall and forget who's behind it. I mean, think about over the years, Roy King's probably signed shirts and things for people when he doesn't know where it's going, does he? It's probably going to people who slagged him off and, you know, that, that's it you know he's not going to necessarily know and i just think it's very very petty that he didn't do that well there you go ladies and gentlemen listening at home uh martin prendergast actually saying something negative about roy Keane. that is a collector's item that's going to go with all my programs <laughs> <laughs> sound bite listen to that before you go to bed every night i will actually yeah with the picture of roy Keane wearing the poppy <laughs> but anyway so we're going to move forward to the match of the 14th of May so as we said it was at the Stadium of Light Ireland battered Sunderland 3-0 Ireland were on a decent run of form to be fair at the time the goal scorers were Mark Kennedy David Connolly and Kevin Kilban the teams Sunderland we had Macho and Go who subbed at half time for Ingham we had Williams Tome or Tome Bjorkland wow all the stars here Gray. David Bellion, Thirwell, McCann, and Julio Arca, Nopper, and Quinn, uh, who actually, I think, played for... Did he play for both teams? Yeah, he did, he did didn't yeah. he? And he was taken off for Phillips. Uh, he was then taken off for Medina. And then with Ireland, you had, for the first half, you had Given and Goal, uh, Finnan, Breen, Cunningham, Staunton, Kilban, Carsley, Kinsley, Kennedy, and Morrison. And then for the second half, you had Kylie, Kelly, Dunn, O'Brien, uh, Ian Hart, Damien Duff, Jason McAteer, Matt Holland, Mark Kennedy, who was taken off in the 83rd minute. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, Carsley came on for him, and you had Quinn coming on. Oh, sorry, Quinn started and then was substituted for a kill ban on the 59th minute. <sighs> Mick's reaction, he's asked. Oh, and also the referee was Dermot Gallagher. I didn't actually know that. Until yeah, I think he's refereed Ireland twice, isn't he? He has, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Russia game and yeah. in Lansdowne Road and this one. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the context of this game is, I know it's a testimonial, but it was also part of a preparation for the World Cup. So that's what Nal Quinn was um, selling the tickets on the back back of that as well, um, yeah. which is obviously to honour him as, you know, obviously the money's going to charity and stuff, which I'm sure hasn't really made Nal Quinn massively popular with a load of pros because they've all got to kind of set the precedent, didn't it? That, you know, you've yeah. got to, you're now giving away a portion of the money. Um, and you don't see testimonials as much now unless they do have a charity angle. Um, they still do them, though, which is a bit strange. I don't mind them, to be honest, at lower league kind of levels where someone... Yeah, not Premier League level. Not, no. Premier League's a bit ridiculous. And I, Celtic, I think, is the last one I can kind of remember. Scott Brown doing it against Republic of Ireland. Um, so, 
that that's an interesting kind of thing to consider. But this was also preparation for Mick. He'd named his squad underneath the week before, and yep. he was trying people out here. And and you know we were we're going to see what what happened from that. We'll just talk very quickly, Mick, about Roy afterwards. Uh, I didn't want to get wrapped up in the incidentals about him. If he turns up on Wednesday and plays on the 1st of June, then that's fine by me. Oh, Mick. Mick. <laughs> oh, bless you. Probably the most, well, the most immediate story, I suppose, other than Roy to come out of this was Mark Kennedy. Uh, he had to pull out because he was injured late on in that game. Uh, he was taken off in the 83rd minute. It was actually his 26th birthday as well. But uh, he had to, yeah, he had to leave because of a groin injury that he sort of re-aggravated. And young 21-year-old Stephen Reed was put in instead of him. Here's what Reed had to say about it. I left my house at half past eight and was 15 minutes into the journey when I checked my mobile for messages. He also says that there was one from Mick McCarthy. Uh, he just said that Mark Kennedy wasn't going to be fit and I could come over to Dublin for the game tomorrow night. Or could I come over? Uh, we turned the car around. Brother, my brother was driving and went back home. My girlfriend Kathleen was gutted. Good Irish name there. But I told her we'd get away later in the summertime. Uh, there was only one thing I could do and that was to head for Dublin. He said, yeah, he was actually on his way to the Barbados with his girlfriend when he had to. He said, sorry, love. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going to J Korea and Japan instead. Very unlucky here for Mark Kennedy. But as we said in the last podcast, in my opinion, I know he scored in this game, you know, and it was then literally an end of season training game. But there's no way Mark Kennedy should have been anywhere near that squad. Stephen Reid was on flying form wasn't he going into uh the world cup yeah yeah absolutely brilliant like and, and that's that's the kind of thing we referred to in the last one that we thought that you know Stephen Reed was very unlucky not to go and could have gone as a kind of with the the possible you know the potential he had and mm. what he might offer differently and position wise and everything so um, and he and he went on to have a very good world cup when he did contribute so yeah it, it's a sad one for Mark Kennedy and it would have been a very tough call for Mick to make you know because of the close relationship they had with club football over the years but you know, fair play to him. I mean, again, a spoiler alert, but, you know, some people went to the World Cup and kind of got injured in preparation games and stayed on when they could have, you know, and, and what they did has never sat well with me, you know, saying that they're fit and then they weren't and then they got subbed. Um, so that's a future episode, obviously, where I'll be a bit more vocal on that one. Um, but... A friend you know, of Roy they, Keane, to take it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we should put it in a book, perhaps. Um, <laughs> and um, mm. But... I, I think, you know, fair play to Mark Kennedy because it must be massively disappointing. And, yeah, he's 26. He's had a few injury problems and stuff, but he's yeah. probably thinking it's probably one of the last opportunities as well for him to, to go to a World Cup. And, and it was. You know, it must have been temptation for him to say, I'm all well, right. This is, what he, this is what Mick had to say on it, literally to the point you alluded to there. Uh, it's a blow for Mark and a blow for me because he was one of the selections in my squad. But he wasn't right. I could see that last night, even though he scored one goal and made another I asked him after the game to give it careful consideration and to his eternal credit, he was honest with me and him and with himself because that was a big decision to come and say, I'm not right. He deserves a lot of credit for that. I told him he had to give me a guarantee that he could perform to 100% if I needed him in a game. And I think quite clearly he didn't believe he could do that. Yeah, as you said there, I mean, uh, certain players that did travel weren't 100% right. And it's kind of funny, actually, when you think about it, like... Nick on the last episode asked the question, didn't he? Would Mark Kennedy have played? I don't think he would have. I think, to be honest with you, he probably was just there 
maybe you know, he probably would have got a few minutes, but he don't think he would have started. And I think Stephen Reid really only got into it because of injuries to said player that you don't want to you don't want to mention just yet. <laughs> yeah, I, it's I, a little bit of luck for Mick, really, in the sense that this happened then because he could could call him up, and you know the, the versatility of Stephen Reid, as we saw, was mm. definitely there, and you know a young ambitious player. Like you know, going to the World Cup a little bit, like McAteer had done, and Kelly had done, and Bab had done in '94. So, you know, you what an opportunity it was for him to come through and and go to that World Cup. And yeah, sad for Mark Kennedy, but that is football, and and that can happen. And you know, Quinny'd missed out on World Cups previously, so he would have been an older statesman, kind of be able to mm. know how that works and advise people. You know, they probably told Mark Kennedy, look, you'll have other opportunities, but sadly for him, it wasn't to be. Mick finishes up there with basically saying that I've not spoken to Roy because they're not too sure whether, you know, Roy will show up because it is a friendly, isn't it? And uh, that's against Nigeria, sorry, on the 16th of May, their final game before the day before they actually fly to Saipan. But he goes, I've not yet spoken to Roy because he's only just arrived. But and when I do, I shall make my decision. But as far as I'm aware, he is fine. This is on. Will Roy lead the team out against uh, Nigeria, which he did. To be fair, uh, Ireland, what did you say? No, sorry, I, I inhaled. Sorry. <laughs> There's no breathing alone. In this I was going to say, I was going to come in and say that. I think this shows, though, where um, the relationship between Mick and and Roy is simmering because he it doesn't seem to be in, in everything Mick says at this time. And I, I know he's saying it afterwards in his book. It just seems there's no actually direct contact with him. That's seems true. to be intermediaries between it. Like, you know, oh, I've not heard or I don't know. And that isn't boding well. Well, it didn't bode well, did it, for their relationship? And, and the how, team, like, how, how come he doesn't know? And, you know, and how, the team can you go into, yeah, how can you go into the World Cup not knowing if your captain's going to be there? I mean, it wouldn't be allowed to happen now. No, and, and your team, and the team doctor telling him at the top of the podcast, you know, not Roy himself. Yeah. Because Roy couldn't be, you know, after what I suppose what happened in 96 when Roy just didn't bother telling him, I'm not coming to your. I'm not coming to your testimonial. Yeah, no, that, that's a very good point there, Martin. You could, you could just see, when you look back here, you go, there was no way he was going to make it through that World Cup with, with Mick. You, you could see the the hatred for Mick. Just, well, maybe hate is a strong word, but you could just see the complete lack of respect, couldn't you? There's, this guy just did not respect Mick whatsoever. And that must, mean, that must be very difficult for someone like Mick. For any manager, when you got a player, he's your best player. One of the best players in the world at the time, and he doesn't like you, doesn't respect you, and he he's so aloof with you, and he disses you in public. He probably disses you in private. There's the stories where it was in uh, Noel Quinn's autobiography, which was released later on uh, this year, which is a brilliant book, by the way. He says like there was an incident where Roy was having a row with one of his mates, a drunken row outside of Mick's dressing room. Mick opened his door. It's like, what's going on there? And he basically tells him to fuck off. Yeah. And Mick just looks at him, weighs it up in his head, and just closes the door and goes, all right. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we, we've heard stories over the years of how Roy was in camp and stuff, and when he had his challenges with drinking and stuff like that, and a, and mm. a volatile character. And, yeah, it, you know, we've heard about, you know, even uh, kicking off with the Holland, you know, the Holland preparation of, do you think Hasselbank's eating fucking sandwiches and pizza and shit like that? He had particular standards, as we've alluded to before on previous podcasts, but Mick let so much stuff go because he... He needed them. I think the play... Yeah, he needed him. And, and that's a sad thing about it, really, that it was never massive characters in a sense, but Mick, I feel not sympathy for him, but it's more that Mick put his own feelings aside 
and didn't clash openly with him. And it just it was just accepted by the squad as well. That's just Roy. That's just Roy. And that's yeah, that's that would piss me off a lot. Like um, as you know, I love Roy right as a player and stuff. But that that would piss me off that 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 was there. But you know, you 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 kind of have to put that aside and think, well, what a great player he was on the pitch and what he did. But it annoys me now looking back that that was ever tolerated like uh, i can see that now uh, yep. and you know egos in football now and roy is the one who will oft, often question and call out players uh, i think he often says you can behave like that if you're doing it on the pitch he often Which says he that about players and yeah. he did to be fair that's the thing but uh, and just to go back to the cheese sandwiches because that that's one you always hear actually the cheese sandwiches ray tracy came out in response to that and said actually no they had full they had everything he wanted he just came down late he didn't yeah. eat with the team and he came down late and there was no food waiting for him. And then someone said that to him, like, well, if you had to come down with the team. So there you go, that more aloof behavior. Roy didn't want to sit with his teammates. Apparently, the only one he got on with was Stephen Carr because he had the same mindset. Stephen Carr was one of the top, as we said the last episode, one of the top mm. uh, fullbacks in Europe at the time. And just very, which seems to happen with our fullbacks, if, you, if you've ever noticed, Jim Beglin, Mark Lawrenson, Stephen Carr, uh, Seamus Coleman. <laughs> They seem to get an injury at the wrong time, don't they? Mm. Anyway, Martin, thank you for that. We're going to leave it there. Thank you for listening at home. If you enjoyed what you heard, we hope you did. Uh, you can get more over at thegreenmachinepodcast.com. Greenmachinepodcast.com. You can also give us a review. Give us a follow. Give us a like on our YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you want to support the podcast, please support us. You can head over to our shop at thegreenmachinepodcast.com forward slash shop. That's forward slash shop and you can buy our shirts 40 pounds or 45 euros free delivery anywhere in the world and you can buy a lovely sticker and badge collection as well anyway we're going to leave it there we're going to catch you on the next one